They've only been farm owners since August, but 22-year-old McCara Anderson and 21-year-old Riley Price already have big plans for the future of their small sheep farm near Huntington, PA. Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. My name is Chris Torres, your host. It's been a busy summer and fall for these young farmers. Not only do they buy a farm, but they also bought their first flock of ewes, fixed a house, and spent thousands of dollars installing new fencing to keep their animals in their paddocks. Along with that, Nakara is finishing her final year at Penn State, and Riley is working a full-time job as an electric company lineman. They talked about their journey of becoming farm owners, why it's so important to have down on paper what the business will look like in five or ten years, and they talked about the lessons they've already learned along the way. I visited their farm late last month just after Thanksgiving, and we had a chat at their kitchen table. You guys just bought this farm back in August, and you are a Penn State, you're currently going to Penn State, McCara, as a senior, and you have a full-time job working for the local electric company. Tell me a little bit about, you know, just the purchase of the farm. Absolutely. So uh, this was actually my grandfather's place. He had inherited it after um, a farming accident of his girlfriend a few years ago. And um, he had been renting the place out for uh, quite a few years. And uh, we were really looking for something to, you know, just kind of settle down and start our own farm. And so we knew that my pap had this place and it took quite a few months to convince him to, you know, finally maybe uh, part ties with it and sell it to us. And when he did... um, it was just a really exciting moment um, because, you know, not only is it a new beginning, um, it allowed my pap to, you know, have less of a burden of things to worry about and things to take care of. Um, but also we knew that we had a huge opportunity here to kind of start fresh, start new um, and make things the way that we really wanted to um, because, you know, there was, there's structures here on the farm and um, things that we wouldn't be changing, but there's also a lot of opportunity for us to change things into the way that we wanted. Very cool. Before we get into the actual grant and to, you know, writing that business plan, because obviously you had to write a business plan to get the $10,000 grant and all that. But before that, let's just go dive into a little bit about your background. McCare, of course, I actually interviewed you last year as part of the PEA FFA team, state officer team of 2020, the pandemic team. And uh, Riley, this is the first time we're meeting. Um, but go ahead and give me a little bit of background about yourself. You know, during that interview, didn't really get much about your background. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I grew up in an agricultural farming family. Um, My grandfather had a dairy farm. Um, It has since been converted to a beef cattle operation. But uh, a lot of the lessons that I learned as a kid was learned on his dairy farm. And then um, my parents had just kind of a hobby farm. We had everything from horses to backyard chickens, um, cows, sheep, goats, um, where I joined 4-H and went through the FFA program. And while I was in FFA, I had the opportunity to begin a sheep um, breeding enterprise alongside my parents. And I really decided that, you know, that that breed or that species was the perfect size for me to handle. Um, I really enjoyed working with them as well as I could make a good profit to, you know, help me um, afford my college tuition in the future. And uh, working with those animals throughout uh, middle and high school made me realize that that was the field that I wanted to um, uh, go into and I wanted to uh, pursue um, animal science as a major in college and so that's just kind of where I'm at today and I've always known I wanted to have my own farm. Sure, sure. So this is the goal. I mean this is you really wanted to have your own farm. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. How about you Riley? I grew up around this area and uh, my family had some animals. My pap had a little farm and grew up riding horses and and he had his own beef cows and just taking care of that stuff and pigs and 
chickens, and then when I got in high school, Makara had her sheep, and I helped during lambing season and stuff, and just one thing led to the next, and now we have our own little farm. Yeah, fun time of the year during lambing season, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, do, do you still do the uh, the traditional um, late winter, early spring lambing? Is that what you still do? Yeah, so we actually purchased these ewes that are on the farm now as bred ewes, and uh, the farmer that we purchased them from just kind of let um, the ram run year-round because uh, Katahdin sheep are, um, they can breed any time of year. They're not, like, seasonally in estrus. Um, and so... We kind of don't know right now when these lambs are going to be born, but the goal is that we would have a group of them being born in the winter and then a group of them being born in, like, late summer, fall. So got we it. had two different groups to send to the auction. Got it, got it, got it. And, and, and how many sheep do you actually have? Uh, currently in the barn, we have 15 mature ewes and a ram, and then there's uh, five lambs so far that have been born since we purchased them uh, at the beginning of September. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And tell me a little bit about, you know, this, the, the program, the actual grant program through Ag Choice. It actually required you to write a business plan and required you to attend one of their Ag Choice. I believe it was one of their Ag Biz Masters classes, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me about the process of actually writing a business plan and what that all entailed for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Ag Choice Farm Credit is really good about providing you with all of the resources that you need in order to not only be eligible for things such as their Jumpstart grant program, uh, but also just um, free resources that you're able to take advantage of if you want to, you know, get ahead and just kind of put things on paper for your business. And so when I heard about the grant, they actually, um, along with their application, provided a business plan template um, for you to use, as well as um, within that template, it had tips on, you know, in this section, maybe include this or in this section, consider this. Um, so I just kind of went through that template and just kind of built the business of our dreams, so to speak, and wrote down everything that, you know, uh, what we want at the end of this year, what we want in five years and what we hope to see in, you know, 10 and 30 years um, for our business. And that template was really easy to use. And, you know, I was just able to plug in all the numbers. Um, I have prior sheep experience. So, um, being able to put that all on paper was uh, pretty simple for us to write down. It was just a matter of um, getting what our goals and plans were together and um, putting it all down on that paper. And then we also had to go through the Ag Biz Basics um, course, which is something that um, Farm Credit University offers um, through Ag Choice Farm Credit. And that was a lot about um, personal finance and uh, organizing your goals um, and how you can use um, you know, the capital that you have, whether that's social capital or actual um, monetized capital to um, meet the goals in your business and to just kind of jumpstart um, a new business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in that business plan, take, take me through some of that. I mean, how, how involved is that? I mean, you know, we have a lot of not just farmers, but a lot of business people, young business people um, who may not um, know how involved that process actually is. How involved was that process for you guys actually writing that thing down? looking five, ten years ahead and, and trying to trying to think about what your business is going to be like? I think it depends on the nature of your business. Um, obviously, we're doing sheep production, and uh, there's only so many things that you can do with sheep. And so as far as that goes, um, writing down our goals was more of a matter of, you know, how many sheep do we want to have each year that we're breeding? Uh, what time of year do we want them to be bred? How many lambs do we want to take to a market? What market are we going to take them to and when? Um, so as far as the sheep operation goes, um, the business plan was really just kind of 
breaking that down into, um, you know, if our goal in five years is that we want to have 50 U's, what do we need to be doing now and each year up to that five years to be able to get that 50 U's? Because obviously you're not just going to go buy 50 U's overnight. I mean, you could, but I don't know that that's really um, efficient cost-wise. And so when you're looking at the business plan, um, it's asking you things like even down to your marketing strategy, which are some things that I think we never really thought about before because uh, where we live at, we're taking those sheep to the Greencastle livestock auction, and then they're being you know distributed from there, and we get the check and we don't know what happens to them after that. But when I really sat down and looked at that marketing strategy and those different sections about marketing, I was like, you know, I think in the future we could possibly aim to create our own market and kind of cut out that middleman and, um, you know, it would be more of an end profit for us as well as um, we're going to be working more closely with our consumers, which I think um, should ultimately be our end goal um, as agriculturalists. So I think that business plan, it's what you make of it. I mean, you can go through and just kind of answer the questions and um, get by, or you can really dive deep into it and figure out what are all of these baseline steps that we need to do in order to meet our goals um, in the future. And so having that on paper, and of course you just guys just started, but I mean, having that on paper, how do you think that will help you? I mean, it, it must keep you focused. I mean, it must help keep you focused on what you have to do. Absolutely. So I think, you know, there's something to be said about writing things down on paper, because uh, when you do that, it's almost like um, a solidified plan. And now you feel as though you have to meet that goal. And as a person that loves to just write things down and see it, you know, physically written on a piece of paper, I think that, you know, when we have a situation on the farm that, um, you know, something's tough or we're not sure if, you know, we're going to be able to meet that goal by the end of the year, um, we can just look at that paper and be reminded like, oh yeah, this is what we wrote down. This is where we're falling short or this is where we're getting a little bit ahead. Let's look at that, reevaluate and see how we can still continue to work that to meet that goal. If we didn't have it written down, I feel like it would be a lot easier to lose sight of what we really plan to do. And, you know, we wouldn't be as organized in the process of getting to those goals. And at the same time, you're a senior at Penn State. And Riley, of course, you have a, you have a job with the local electric cooperative. So, you know, that's a lot you're trying to juggle here. Absolutely. <laughs> How's it going in the first several months? It's busy, I'd say, but it's fun. I like, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. What have been, since, since you've actually started this business, I mean, what have been your biggest surprises that you have come along the way, that have come along the way in actually starting this business? You know, have you met your expectations? I mean, you know, has it been a little, I mean, how, how do you juggle all that? I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, so I'll start off with the most surprising thing, and that is that um, all throughout middle and high school, I raised Hampshire's, Monodales, and Natural Colored's uh, breed of sheep, as well as some um, Hampshire Suffolk cross ewes. And so I have never had Katahdins. And um, for anybody that knows anything about sheep, Katahdins are definitely a different breed, um, literally so? and figuratively, <laughs> um, just because they have... Um, a lot more of a flocking instinct. So, you know, where one goes, all go. And sheep are like that in some ways, but Katahdins are just particularly like that. You know, when we're working with the sheep out in the field and pasture or we're moving them, it's been kind of a learning curve to figure out like, oh, we need to move them all together. Not only that, I showed sheep throughout uh, middle and high school. So the majority of my animals were super friendly. Um, every single one had a name. Um, I mean, we were in it for the business too, but uh, it was a little bit of a different scenario than now. Um, these sheep are coming from, you know, another farm. They're already mature, and they didn't know us coming here. 
And so I think we've made a lot of progress as far as um, working with them and kind of learning how this breed works differently than the sheep breeds we've had experience with in the past. Um, but it's definitely been a learning curve just that, you know, Katahdins are so much easier to raise on pasture. They don't need as much lambing help as uh, those other breeds I had. Um, it's just been a lot to get used to. And then as far as just juggling it with everything else we have going on, as a farming kid myself, you know, my responsibility from the time I was, you know, in kindergarten was that when I got home from school, I had to go to the barn before I did anything else. And, you know, those situations were handled first. And then I got to, you know, go do my homework, eat, play, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. And so I think that responsibility of having to take care of animals and working with them on a daily basis has just been kind of ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. And I think Riley's probably the same way because he's always had to take care of animals um, with his pap. And, uh, so it's kind of just like second nature. I get home and, you know, we go do the feeding and then we worry about everything else we have to do um, here at home. So it's been really easy to work into that busy college schedule. And same with Riley's work schedule. It just kind of works out perfectly. Sure. How many tillable acres do you have here? It's probably between, probably about 15 total. 15 total. Yeah. Okay. And you also have some, you also have some acres that you're using pasturing as well. You're actually pasturing some acres. How, ma- how many of those acres are you actually pasturing? Probably what, three to four. Mm-hmm. About three to four. Okay. Okay. Great. Ten thousand dollars. You received. You're one of the the grant winners. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was one hundred fifty thousand dollars was the total, and you guys received ten thousand um, dollars. I believe there was a reception out in Western Pennsylvania. Um, you know, with that money, you know, what do you hope to accomplish with that money? What do you hope to do with it? Yeah. So we actually wrote the grant. Um, it was kind of. The timing didn't exactly work out, but um, you know the grant was still used to help offset that cost. Um, when we wrote the grant back in August, um, the goal was that that would pay for the fence um, that we would need to reinstall here on the farm because uh, the farm did have um, about three to four acres of pasture already fenced in. However, that fence um, hadn't been used in years to keep animals in, so there were a lot of spots that were broken, missing, um, patched in ways that you know just was unsafe for animals, and. So So we needed to completely um, rip out all of that fence and have somebody reinstall um, some new woven wire uh, fence that would be able to keep the sheep in. And so the grant was mainly going to fund um, re-putting that fence up, as well as the initial purchase of our 15 Katahdin ewes. Obviously, like I said, the timing didn't exactly work out um, quite as we had planned because the Katahdin ewes were ready before um, we actually uh, received the grant money. So it's kind of working as a way to almost like reimburse um, and offset that cost of actually purchasing them. But yeah, so that it kind of covered our fence as well as our sheep. So just tell me, you know, just out of curiosity, um, you know, is there is there anything that you would have done differently? You know, and again, we're only six months into, we're only, you know, less than six months into this business. But looking back at it now, since you've actually started it, and, you know, now we're getting towards the end of the year, you're about to go into lambing. You're, I believe you're about to go into lambing again. Good luck with that. <laughs> but is there is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, I think for me... I think the only thing that we could have done a little differently is um, it was all really fast-paced right there. We purchased the farm in August. We bought the ewes in September. The fence was done shortly after that. Um, And that just kind of worked out that way because that's when that farmer was selling those ewes and, um, you know, he wanted rid of them and I was getting a really good deal on them. Uh, So that's just kind of how the cards fell. But it definitely would have been nice to have a little bit more time to, you know, transition a little bit more into getting the farm ready. Um, Just for example, like uh, we were still working on uh, getting the hay harvested and putting hay in the barn. 
at the time that we were getting the sheep and it was just a lot going on at once not to mention you know we just moved into the house as well so we were working on doing all of that stuff and you know getting the house prepared to live in so um i think it was just a lot of stress and a lot of things going on right at the beginning and so i think if we could go back maybe just spread some of those activities out a little bit more uh so that we weren't so um, busy all at once. But as far as the farm goes itself, um, I haven't regretted anything we've done so far because it seems like it's working out really yeah. well. Yeah. Did you have to do a lot of work to the house? Yeah, we were pretty busy. There was trees and stuff growing into the side of the house, and everything was all grown up, even out at the barn. I mean, we had trees and bushes growing into the side of the barn. It was just... The barn was never cleaned out from the last people that had animals in it, and we had to build pens and put feeders up, and we had a lot of work on our hands. So how many pizzas did you buy for the help that you actually needed to help you out here? Did you guys do it all yourself? <laughs> uh, my parents came out a lot, as well as uh, Riley's dad was out here a lot, um, and my sister and her husband as well. So yeah, we had many trips to the local pizza shop, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Again, back to this business plan, back to what you actually want to accomplish. I mean, what what is, how do you actually see this business? What is your end goal here? I mean, where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, what, what's uh, what's your end goal? Yeah, so I don't know exactly about in five years, just because, you know, that's coming up relatively soon. Um, and I'll be graduating soon, so I'm not exactly sure um, where that career might take me for sure. Um, so some of our plans might be pushed back a little bit. But I think our end goal right now is that uh, we would eventually like to purchase um, some more surrounding farmland around this area so that our 15 tillable acres here can be converted to pasture and we could potentially expand to around 50 or so ewes, um, which would essentially lead us to somewhere between like 100 to 200 lambs per year that we'd be selling. And the goal would be that we'd be breeding those ewes um, year round so that we have a continuous um, flow of lambs so that we're not just hitting... Um, those seasonal markets, we're also getting those off-season markets as well. And I think for me, our my end dream would be to sell lambs right off the farm. Um, you know, I talked earlier about cutting out that middleman. Um, we love the people at the Greencastle Livestock Auction, um, but we would um, benefit better if we could actually sell the lambs straight off the farm ourselves as, you know, live animals or sell them to the local butcher shop um, as carcasses. And, uh, I also really just love ag education and, um, you know, kind of bridging that gap between our consumers and producers. And so I think, you know, being able to kind of sell off the farm and almost sort of possibly create kind of our own um, lamb cooperative here in, you know, Fulton County or Southern Huntington County could possibly be a really good idea to just kind of bring those consumers closer to the producers. Um, lamb meat isn't really something that's um, ate a lot in this area, but I do see as consumers a kind of you know, shifting towards some of those um, healthier meat options. Um, obviously, lamb is a healthier red meat. So um, that's definitely a goal. And then I don't know if you want to talk about the crops a little bit. Yeah, we'd, uh, we don't really have the equipment right now, but as we sell our lambs and start to make a little bit of money back, <clears throat> we would like to progressively buy more equipment like, Right now, we use our PAPS equipment to make our hay and stuff. And so we'd like to buy our own baler and rake and stuff like that. And then we'd also like to be able to plant our own crops and harvest our own crops. And like she said, buy more tillable acreage to expand a little bit. 
What kind of advice would you give to a star, other starting farmers getting into this business? Absolutely. So this is the advice that I give, I feel like, anybody in any situation, and it just works out um, no matter where you're at in life, is that ask the people that have done it before you. I think too often uh, we try to reinvent the wheel and just um, do things that you know, we end up failing or maybe not getting um, exactly to the goal that we planned because we didn't take advantage of those people that have the knowledge and already had been through that process before us. So like as far as our farm goes, you know, I had a mentor throughout middle and high school who had raised sheep himself and knew a lot about the lamb and wool industry. And so I would be constantly picking his brain about, you know, well, what if I did this? Or why do we do this this way? And if it wasn't for him, you know, I would have had a lot of trial and error, um, a lot of fail failures um, on the farm at my parents' house um, and things like that. So when we started this business, um, I had that mentor as well as um, the man that actually helped me um, kind of uh, figure out where to acquire these sheep that we currently have at. Um, he's really kind of helped guide me through raising Katahdins because um, he recently started raising Katahdins as well. And so it's really helpful to just ask those people that have already been there before you so that you're not um, restarting and uh, making the same mistakes that they made. You can, you know, start ahead and just kind of get ahead of the game a little bit. So definitely ask the people that came before you. Makes a lot of sense. How about you, Riley? Do you want to add anything to that? I don't really have anything to add. I think she covered that well. All right, all right, cool. Well, thanks very much, guys. Good luck with your business. By the way, does the business, does the business actually have a name? Have you picked out a name for your business? <laughs> We've been thinking, but we haven't really came up with a name yet. Yeah, I feel like that's like the hardest part of a business, which probably sounds kind of silly but you know we've thrown things out such as like rm farms for riley and mccara um things to do with his last name which is price uh but we haven't come up with anything that i think just kind of sticks um so we'll have to get back to you on that one when we finally come up with that <laughs> well very cool it's exciting to see you know a business you know start and come off its feet so very very cool thanks a lot for joining me mccara and riley absolutely thank you for having us I really enjoyed visiting with McCara and Riley. You can read more about their plans for the farm, as well as more about the Jumpstart grant winners from Ag Choice Farm Credit on the American Agriculturist website. Have a safe New Year's holiday, and I'll see you in 2022. Thanks for listening to the Young Farmer Podcast.